Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Wednesday, June 9th. This is The Gateway. I'm Shayla Farzan, in for Wayne Pratt. Ahead, many people learn about farming by growing up on a farm or in school. Some people learn by playing and watching video games. I've got a lot of people that know nothing about farming, and they come into the stream and, and they're like, oh, oh really? That's, that's how that works. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports on the growing world of the game Farming Simulator. First, the news. One of the highest-ranking members of the Missouri House believes the legislature will pass a medical provider tax that's vital to fund the state's Medicaid program. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum has more from House Majority Leader Dean Plocker's appearance on Politically Speaking. One of the biggest pieces of unfinished business this year was the renewal of what's known as the Federal Reimbursement Allowance. That's a tax that places like hospitals pay that helps fund Medicaid. Some conservative senators want to attach measures barring taxpayer dollars from going towards some contraception or for Planned Parenthood. Plocker says he's hoping to find a path forward in the fall. It's quite possible that we could run a special session concurrent with the veto session to accomplish this in early September without without ruffling anybody's feathers if cooler heads can prevail on how we can pass an FRA. Governor Mike Parson has said he won't call a special session on the medical provider tax until there's agreement between House and Senate leaders. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio. Meanwhile, Teach for America is pausing its traditional work in St. Louis, of placing recent college graduates in classrooms for two-year positions. Instead, TFA says it'll work to better support its hundreds of alumni still working in education around the region. But the decision will take away from an already low pool of new recruits to public schools in the St. Louis region, says Kelly Garrett, director of KIPP St. Louis Charter Schools. We not only placed core members in our schools, But we ended up hiring a lot of Teach for America alumni after they had completed their first two years. So for us, it's a it is a loss. Teach for America says it will increase mentoring and fellowship programs. Several St. Louis alumni of the program have gone on to start education nonprofit organizations or open charter schools. Finally, Illinois Senate Republicans are accusing Governor J.B. Pritzker of intentionally keeping his appointees to the state's Prisoner Review Board from confirmation in the Illinois Senate. As Derek Contu reports, the four appointees have yet to have a confirmation hearing since first being tapped in 2019. The Illinois state constitution says a governor's appointees the key administrative roles and boards needs to be confirmed by the Senate within 60 legislative session days. But before those 60 days were up, Pritzker withdrew those four prison review board appointments and then resubmitted them, which resets the clock. Senate Republicans, including State Senator Jason Plummer of Edwardsville, say their oversight over board members who determine whether inmates are released from prison is being circumvented by Pritzker and Democrats. They simply don't want them to appear before the media. They don't want them to appear before the committee because, frankly, I think they're embarrassed of the governor's appointees. Pritzker's office accused Senate Republicans of political grandstanding. The Senate's Appointments Committee put those four prison review board members on the docket for last week, but their names weren't called for vetting. I'm Derek Cantu.
Even though only 1% of Americans are currently farmers, a lot of people still identify as part of the agriculture lifestyle. That community has found a home in a video game. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports. Harley Hand is getting ready for a day on the farm. Well, first, let me jump in a, in a combine. We've got a soybean harvest, guys. We've got a, a big harvest, a bunch of fields that are ready to go. He makes an adjustment to his equipment, and he's on his way. Need to unfold the header, I guess it's, okay. Well, let's fold it up. There we go. All right, let's roll. But that sound, not a real combine. The Georgia native isn't really behind the controls of a big machine at all. He isn't even on a farm. He's in front of his computer in his house playing the game Farming Simulator and streaming the session online where he regularly gets hundreds of people watching him play. Hans says a lot of his interactions with his audience are about learning the ins and outs of farming. It's a huge learning experience for a lot of people uh, that come into my streams. I've got a lot of people that know nothing about farming uh, and they come into the stream and, and they're like, oh, oh really? That's, that's how that works. And uh, it's, it's pretty cool. Farming Simulator covers a lot of ground, from buying equipment to choosing crops, plowing, planting, fertilizing, and harvesting. A.K. Ramig is a gamer and writer who reviewed Farming Simulator for the website PC Invasion. He says the game is a lot like real farming. The monotony, the tediousness, the length of time that it takes to plow a field in Farming Sim, it does give you an appreciation for what real farmers have to do, I would say, from my experience. Monotony, tediousness, not the words you want to associate with something that people would do for fun. But Ramig, who lives in the Bahamas, says the game still has a lot of appeal. And we don't have major scale farming here. You'll never see a John Deere tractor here, right? But it's still cool to me. It's still cool to see machines. The game's so popular, playing it can actually be a full-time job. Harley Hand and several other streamers play the game online almost daily with hundreds of people watching. There's also a farming simulator esports competition that has sponsored teams competing for cash prizes up to a quarter of a million dollars, a lot more than what most farmers make in a year. And some of the game's most avid fans are farmers. Shelby Walker is a Southern Illinois native and a Ph.D. candidate in agriculture communications at the University of Hawaii, Manoa. Her research shows some people who drive a real tractor all day will unwind by driving a virtual one. The conditions aren't always perfect, but within the game, the conditions are always perfect. So it's almost like this fantasy. It's, I get to do things in the digital realm that I don't get to do in real life. She says it's a form of escapism to do it in a more predictable environment. Walker says the game also attracts people who may not be farmers, but feel connected to agriculture. That idea checks with streamer Harley Hand. He says all that tedious and monotonous time driving a combine, it allows him to connect with his audience. A game like Farming Simulator allows you to interact with the people who are watching you a lot better than you can play in a game like Call of Duty. So it really, it becomes, you know, you're building a bunch of friendships and, and you, you begin to know everybody that's there. Like here, when Hand reads a comment in his chat about a viewer who recently lost his home due to financial problems. I hate to hear that, brother. Hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully there's a turnaround somewhere, man. I'm sorry to hear that, brother. Hopefully everything gets better for you, dude. Farming Simulator is scheduled to release a new version late this year. There's much speculation on whether it will add new features to make it even more realistic 
or keep it simple to attract a wider audience. In Rala, I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. One more note before we go. St. Louis Public Radio is looking into racially restrictive covenants and deeds in the St. Louis region. In the early to mid-1900s, white homeowners and realtors commonly used these tools to keep Black people out of certain neighborhoods. If you live in an old home, check your records. They might have clues that could help inform our reporting. Look through your real estate documents for restrictions on who can own it and live there. You can find more information on how to share these documents and your stories with us on our website, stlpr.org slash housing discrimination. I'm Shayla Farzan. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.